This is Policy Politics, a nonpartisan and neutral platform for local candidates seeking office to showcase their ideas and share their voice. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the persons appearing in the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Policy Politics. And now, on with the show. I'm excited to be speaking with Susie Alba, who is the three-term town counselor and alumni director at Rhode Island College from Smithfield, Rhode Island. Susie Alba is seeking her fourth term for Smithfield, Rhode Island's town council. Susie, thank you for joining me here on Policy Politics. Uh, we're very excited to speak with you to get your message out to the great citizens of Smithfield, Rhode Island. I'm excited to talk with everyone today. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you're welcome. I'd like to begin with something that's very important to voters, and that is to better understand their local government. So could you please describe the function of the Smithfield Town Council? Sure. Well, a council person in general is an elected member of a municipal legislature. He or she is generally responsible for representing the needs of the taxpayers that live in their community. In Smithfield in particular, we have five at-large members of the council who are elected every two years, and that means we are responsible um, for representing the entire town. We don't have districts or wards like some major cities do in in other states or or even in Rhode Island. You know, a, a city councilor or a council person enacts local policies and laws that um, really promote the safety and well-being of, of the folks who are living in our community. Generally, someone who runs for elected a position um, is motivated by a personal call to action and uh, in, in helping others in their community. There is a residency requirement. You certainly have to live in town to represent, to work, and oversee the spending of our municipal budget, which is huge. We have a little over $62 million budget, of which 50% is for our school district. So although I'm not serving on the school committee um, as a town council person, I oversee the spending and budget overall, but also the, the school side as well. Susie, how many other candidates are running for the town council seats this election? In Smithfield, we actually have partisan elections, which I know isn't always the case in, in other communities, but we do. Um, so generally, the Democratic Party will uh, endorse five council candidates. The Republican Party will endorse five council candidates. So that's the case this year as well. So there'll be 10 folks running from both of the major political parties. And then there, over the years, um, we may have independent candidates or Green Party or others. Um, and this year, we actually happen to have two declared in, uh, independent candidates. So there'll be 12 individuals running for five council seats. And like I said, it's a, it is a partisan election. And basically, the top five vote-getters will get the seats on the council. When you say partisan election, does that mean so the top fives that could be all five Democrats or a, or a mix of independent Democrat, Republican, or all five Republicans? Is that what that means? Yeah, any all of the above, actually. Um, I've never seen a case where there have been five from one party, um, in, in, you know, and certainly in my time, really goes down to the will of the people. And, and I will say we have mostly unaffiliated voters, which means um, we have individuals who don't vote with either party and they vote for the person. Um, but yeah, we could have five Democrats, we could have five Republicans, um, but I, I haven't seen that. But because there are five that are elected, you'll see that every two years there will be a majority of some kind. So whether it's more of Republicans and more Democrats, that's who really determines who the council president will be as well. Um, it's whatever party has the majority at any given any given time. 
In your view, can you please describe for the listener the town of Smithfield? Like, what about it makes it special to you? You know, what's interesting is I actually grew up in the East Bay. I grew up in East Providence, so most of my upbringing was in the East Bay. But when my husband and I got married and we were looking for places to to start our family and buy our homes, um, northern Rhode Island, and in particular Smithfield, really stood out to us. Um, And I think this is the case with many folks that I talk to who are moving into town for the first time or they're young people who grew up in Smithfield and want to come back and and start their own families. First of all, Smithfield's school system is fantastic. It's top-notch. We have amazing teachers and administrators and uh, a real commitment from the parents in this community. A lot of, you know, recreational programs, sports programs. So I was really drawn to the town and I think many folks who live here are really proud of our schools. Um, But what's really nice is, is Smithfield is in north central Rhode Island and we, you know, we're a relatively small town. Um, we have a really active land trust, a lot of uh, beautiful farmland and apple orchards and uh, hiking trails. But um, at the same token, we are a bustling community with um, shopping centers. We have a leading university, Bryant University. Um, we have Fidelity Investments. Their uh, national headquarters is in town and, and many other um, amazing uh, corporations. So, uh, you know, Smithfield's really special again in that uh, it's a really wonderful community to raise a family, but it's also, there's a lot of economic growth happening and a lot of potential for future growth. Explain what you see as some of the greatest issues long-term for Smithfield. Sure. So kind of going with what I was just discussing, I think some of the long-term issues, I think you'll see this across the state, is really investing in our infrastructure. You know, as great as our school system is, our school buildings are not in the best shape, um, and you'll see that across the state. Um, we're not alone, but it's something as a municipal uh, leader that I'm concerned about. I think that we need to invest more money in the infrastructure of our schools and town buildings, um, like our Department of Public Works. I uh, was on the council um, in, in support of a new police station we just built about a year ago. So, um, you know, that's a great example of, of upgrading our town infrastructure, brand new police station. Um, we'll have a bond issue on the November ballot to uh, also build a new fire station. So, you know, I, I, it's a real um, issue now, and it's always going to be in the future in terms of making sure that our infrastructure is up to date and where, where our taxpayers expect it to be. Um, other issues are economic growth, smart growth. So we can't, you know, upgrade our infrastructure and we can't invest in our schools and we can't invest in the town if we don't have the funds to do so. So a lot of what, you know, I've been working on and I hope to continue to do in, you know, in the next several years is to really think about smart ways to raise funds, um, whether it's in new businesses in town so they're contributing corporate taxes so we can offset some of the tax uh, tax base here. But also, again, we just need to, really think smartly about how we can bring, bring in economic growth so we're, the, we're able to focus on these areas that are important in, in the community. What do you feel is your biggest accomplishment so far in your political career? Sure. So just to kind of give you a sense of where I've been um, and, you know, leading to where I am now, my political career really started in college. I was involved in um, many community uh, programs and initiatives right right on through right from high school through college and then into my adult life. Um, I've always been an advocate for affordable housing. Um, I've been an advocate for public education. I volunteered as a young person on a lot of local campaigns. I volunteered on 
campaigns for general assembly members and also uh, general officers. I, I worked on the lieutenant governor's campaign for Elizabeth Roberts several years ago when I was in college. And I worked for um, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign for president. So my, my kind of political career, uh, you know, spans um, right, right on um, from my youth all the way until now. But a few of my accomplishments while being in office as a town councilwoman, I'm really proud of the fact, um, just, you know, on the most basic level, that I've taken my public service seriously and I've been honest and fair. I've prided myself in working with my colleagues in government, no matter what party they're from. Um, even though we have partisan elections doesn't mean that we have to govern that way. So I've been really fair in, in, in securing bipartisan approval on a lot of issues that are important to our town. And on the most basic level, again, I've just been communicating with the residents. I have a website. I have a Facebook page. I hold regular coffee meetings. My door is always open, literally. My front door of my home is always open. I return calls and emails. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really out in the community with my family and trying to really listen to people, what the needs are, and I build community. You know, I'm working on, on building a dog park. I'm, um, I hosted a Women's History Month event. I've um, hosted other things. So just really, again, people are busy and, uh, with their lives from day to day. But I think living in a town as small as ours, people want to know that their public officials are accessible and that they really care about what's happening day to day in the community. I see. What motivated you to seek another term? Um, I truly enjoy my public service. Um, as I shared, I take it very seriously. But I see this as a, um honor. It's a big responsibility. And I always say that if you're an effective public servant, you're giving more than you're getting back. And um, I don't do this to get anything out of it. Um, in fact, it is a sacrifice for anyone who is in public office. Um, it's a big sacrifice of my time and a time away from my family. But um, I know that I'm making the community a better place for my son, who's two and a half, who will be attending the schools in a few years. And I'm making sure that our parks and recreation are up to par and all of those things that my own family, I just really enjoy problem solving. There are issues that I deal with um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm a liaison. I'm a voice for people who live in my community who are facing these problems. I'm, I'm um, finding out what's going on and I'm basically finding solutions. So it was a no brain brainer for me to run for another term. Um, as I said, I truly enjoy it and I look forward to the challenges and opportunities over the next few years. I'm curious who, or maybe even what is your biggest inspiration for running for public office? You know, um, there isn't a who as much as there's a what um, that has been my inspiration for running for public office. I will tell you that I have had a lot of mentors uh, throughout my life. I've been very fortunate um, to, to really have amazing teachers and mentors, many of whom most were women. To be quite honest, I, you know, I'm always thinking about how we can um, encourage particularly young women to get involved not just in politics, but in advocacy and in their communities. I really just want to be a role model um, for other young women as, as I've had role models that have come before me. To be honest, though, my real inspiration day to day and in staying involved in, in public service and municipal government is really the people. It's the people who live in the community, um, the thousands of people that I've gotten to meet during my campaigning and, and in my governing. It's just a real really rewarding to be a voice for them. And I'm inspired by the opportunities we have 
to be a, a real strong community and the opportunities that we have for the kids in Smithfield and, and for all of the things that are to come. So uh, it's a really exciting thing to be part of, and, and I'm really proud of it. Outside of work in public office, what do you enjoy doing the most in your quote-unquote free time? <laughs> so these days, uh, most of my time or free time is taken up um, by my family. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son who is the light of my life, and he certainly keeps me very busy. I spend a lot of time with my family um, on the water. We're big boaters. We um, Luckily in Smithfield, we have great, great uh, – we have a, a – Public, public beach. We have uh, lakes and bodies of water. So we spend a lot of time at the beaches and on our boat. Um, I also love to just be outside hiking, playing tennis. Um, but really these days, uh, most of my time on the weekends, if I'm not, you know, like I said, out in the community, um, I'm with my, my son and my husband. Great. Uh, when I'm not working or with my family or certainly um, in Smithfield working on my day-to-day role as a town councilwoman, I'm really proud, actually, of the work I'm doing across the state with the governor, particularly. Um, I was one of her 100 appointments during her first 100 days. I serve on the governor's workforce board, and uh, basically I'm working to ensure that there are programs and resources available for Rhode Islanders to um, have access to the training and programs that they need to get jobs to support their families. So I'm really proud of that work that I do. And also most recently, I'm on a subcommittee to support the uh, post-secondary attainment goal for the state um, with Commissioner Brenda Dan Messier and the governor to ensure that um, we reach 70% of Rhode Islanders with some post-secondary or college credentials or, or training or education. So I'm really committed, um, again, not to, just to improving Smithfield, but to ensuring that our state is as strong as it can be and that every individual living in the state of Rhode Island has the chance to access a quality job, has the skills they need to support their families. Um, That's huge for me. I recognize having myself been a uh, first-generation college graduate and um, being raised by a single mom, how important it is that people have uh, sustainable wages and jobs that support their families. So I'm really committed also um, in my time uh, that I do have to making sure that um, those those things are, are strong here in the state of Rhode Island. Susie, you get elected to a fourth term. What's the top item that you feel is going to need to be addressed from day one? Sure. Well, as I mentioned, um, this November, um, there'll be on the ballot um, a bond issue referendum um, to build a new elementary school system as well as a new fire station. So I'll start with the elementary school. I actually was the only council person to serve on the elementary reconfiguration committee to take a look at the current state of our elementary schools So that bond, if it's passed, will enable us to close one school um, right away and begin working on the um, reconfiguration or reconstruction of our elementary schools. And that's really important to our community that um, every parent wants their child to have the top quality education, the best education, and the best buildings as possible um, when they're learning. So that'll be one thing that um, we will tackle and I'll be working on, as well as the fire department. Um, We had a feasibility study and a a task force that worked on, uh, you know, uh, a new fire station. And if that bond is passed, that will be something we work on right away, is getting that fire station built um, up and running. Um, And uh, yeah, so those will be some of the major issues um, that come up. Um, that, that we will be tackling. But there will certainly be other things that we're working on along the way. Um, I will start from day one 
putting together a plan and working within the strategic plan that our town manager built to, again, really map out some economic growth initiatives um, that we can work on in the near future. By the end of this fourth term, what do you hope to have accomplished looking backwards for the town of Smithfield? Sure. I'm really confident that over the next two years or the next term, um, should I be elected, um, that we will really tackle the, the issue of economic development. Um, I supported the adoption of the economic overlay district um, in the Route 1167 Carter, um, which is really going to create the opportunity for responsible commercial expansion. Um, that Carter is, is, um, should be developed consistent with a comprehensive plan, but it's such an opportunity for us, um, again, to really get smart growth in here, to um, build a, a town center um, you know, another thing that, um, you know, we, we certainly should tackle or I, I hope to tackle in the next two years is, is just supporting our existing businesses. Um, we do have one of the highest tangible taxes in the state. Um, it's something that, that everyone knows about, but we haven't quite um, solved that problem. So it's something I committed to, to making a change or improving over the next two years, supporting our existing businesses, um, because if our existing businesses aren't thriving and, and um, staying in town and are, are successful, it will certainly be difficult for us to attract new businesses, particularly in that corridor. Um, I also plan to, as I do every two years, work on community projects. Um, I've been leading a dog park committee um, made up of uh, town residents who have been working really diligently to create a dog park in the town. We're very, very close. We're in the process of uh, finalizing a donation of land. We've, uh, our committee has raised funds. So that's, you know, we have thousands of dog owners and lovers in this community. So that's a real, um, going to be a real gem in this community, having a, a dog park. And I plan on working on some other issues um, and some other projects. One of my other goals is creating a, a water park or splash pad for toddlers in the community. So really thinking about what's happening in other communities and, and what kinds of um, beyond the, the basic town services, what are some of the you know unique attributes and um, you know recreational opportunities that we can offer families um, that really make our community unique and enjoyable to live in. So really looking forward to, to like I said, um, making these major changes in terms of, um, you know, economic growth, but also working on smaller community projects that really just um, improve quality of life. So thanks for that. And we're wrapping it up here. And before we conclude, Susie, is there anything else you'd like to share? Sure. Um, thanks for asking. I, um, because I've been involved, like I said, in public service for many, many years, but um, I, I've been so fortunate to be an elected official, I really like to encourage young people in particular not to get discouraged about what they're hearing or seeing nationally, not to get discouraged about what they are hearing and seeing, you know, on the local level, but to really understand that, um, you know, being involved in public service is not just for elected officials or for experts, that any anybody can raise awareness about an issue, of course, that's important to them um, and, and, and can help shape laws and policies. So I always tell young people to, you know, they find an issue that they're passionate about, find people that have the same passions of, as them and think like them, um, to build mini coalitions and get, you know, student groups together and other young people together um, to look at the laws and look at the policies about the issues that they care about, um, to think about one or two changes they like to see made in a positive way um, and think about what would happen if those changes occurred. Um, you know, they don't have to be, like I said, in public office to make those changes. They can work with someone like myself to get some of those things done. Um, they can advocate and, um, you know, 
know, go up to the state house or come to town council meetings and um, talk to their elected officials. Um, but what's so important for, for people to know is that one voice does really matter. Um, I think a lot of people think no one will hear me, no one will care, but it's absolutely not true. Um, I've gotten one phone call or one letter that can actually change uh, my decision on a particular issue um, or, or cause me to take action on a particular issue. So I just really, again, encourage young people to get involved in the process. Um, and particularly women. I think that um, certainly we're underrepresented um, with women um, in, in office and women involved in public service. And I, I really think that, um, again, training women is so important, encouraging women to get involved, um, particularly young women, is, is just so critical. Great. And I'd like to open the floor to you to speak directly to the Smithfield voter and why they should vote for you for a fourth term for councilwoman. Sure. I um, have shared earlier today that I'm just so fortunate and honored to have already served three terms or nearly six years in this community. Um, I've, I've loved every minute of, a, of it. I've taken it very seriously. I encourage folks um, to continue to, you know, work with me and contact me. You know, my door's always open. My phone line's always open. Um, I'm really just asking for um, the voters of Smithfield for their confidence and their trust in me for another two years. Um, you know, just know that I live in this community with my family. My, as I said, my child's going to be going to school in a few years. Um, I, you know, we we use all of the recreational facilities. We're we're in town every day as as much as we can possibly be. And I want to see that this town is as strong as it can be and continue to be an advocate and a voice for everyone. So I encourage everyone to vote for me on election day. Um, and I will certainly continue to work as hard as I possibly can. Well, great, Susie. Thanks for answering that, all those questions. I'd like to give you a chance also to share all the ways that the voters can reach out to you or see your positions, Facebook, websites, and so on. So feel free. Sure. Um, I'm very accessible on social media, and I encourage folks to find me on Facebook. Um, you can just type in Susie Alba for Smithfield. Um, there on my Facebook page, I um, often post um, information that's important to folks in this community. I post information about my campaign, certainly. Um, but it's a real good place for people who live in the town to just get information about um, a, a whole slew of things that are happening in town that might be of interest to them. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Susie, the number four Smithfield. That's S-U-Z-Y, the number four Smithfield. And also, you know, can, and, and accessible on LinkedIn as well. Residents and potential um, supporters can certainly um, learn more about my key issues and my background and all of my accomplishments on my website at suzyalba.com, S-U-Z-Y-A-L-B-A.com. I really encourage people to, um, to, to you know, log on and, and certainly um, they can even leave a comment there that I, I will get right away. Well, thank you, Susie, for joining us on Policy Politics. It was incredibly nice to speak with you. We learned a lot. Good luck on the upcoming election. Thanks and, so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And you have been listening to Councilwoman Susie Alba, who is running for town council in Smithfield, Rhode Island, here on Policy Politics. Policy Politics is funded in part by our listeners, sponsors, as well as the guests that appear on our show. All messages are approved by the candidate. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Policy Politics. Visit us at policy.com to start your own show or connect with the policy team.